Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. This week we've got a batch of new music discoveries that you need to hear. From punk out of Guadalajara, Mexico, to a genre-defying duo from right here in Chicago. Plus, we'll talk to MSNBC host and hip-hop fan Ari Melber about integrating rap lyrics into his coverage of politics and world events. In a healthy democratic society, news and journalism should infuse the common facts and analysis that we all work with, even if we come out to different positions. The idea that the musicians are in this dialogue with us because we're engaging some of their wisdom, I think is exciting. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and Greg, later in the show, we're going to talk to Ari Melber of MSNBC. I don't know about you, I am a news junkie these days. MSNBC is on constantly. The thing that jumps out about Ari Melber as a host is that at 38, he grew up knowing and loving hip-hop, and he will frequently (laughs) pepper his interviews with very appropriate hip-hop quotes. That's later in the show, but first, Buried Treasures. Yes, Jim, Buried Treasures, we try to do this as often as we can on the show, at least once a month now it seems like we're doing these, because there's so many many. great records coming out that we can't keep up with all of them. A lot of them don't get the attention they deserve. This is our opportunity to play a little catch-up with some music that we haven't been able to talk about on the show previously, but think you need to hear. So you've got our first pick, Jim. I do, Greg. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm getting besieged uh, by, you know, 100 or 150 emails a, uh, a month, and I put them in the buried treasure folder, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we uh, are gearing up for a show, I go through them and I listen. It's so easy now to find stuff on the net. This was a discovery uh, that, that is streaming on the net. Check it out. Miss World is the name of the artist I'm going to play first, Greg. Uh, she's got a new 13-track album out, Keeping Up with Miss World, self-described London-born pop provocateur Natalie Chahal uh, has done some recording in Toronto as well. What I love about this is it's very clearly aimed at the sort of current teen pop market in terms of uh, the songwriting and and the kind of the ambition of the tracks, except it's produced mm. in what sounds like a four-track garage uh, basement studio, right? So it's got kind of the best of the indie grunge, like Ty Siegel thing with Taylor Swift. Mm. And it's just a very unlikely combination. Uh, Chalal, uh, Miss World, is talking about typical kind of teen romantic concerns, a lot of pop culture references. Uh, this song I'm going to play, Click and You're Mine, Y-R, uh, is about like romance on the net, all right? Everybody today is meeting somebody, hooking up, as the kids say, on the net somewhere. Uh, and this is sort of uh, paying homage to it, but at the same time, wondering if that's the best way for us really, I think, to connect with people. Miss World is both reveling in sort of the pop moment and sort of being cynical about the current media celebrity obsessions, I think. Click and Your Mind by Miss World on Sound Opinions. Click, 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 click
Miss World, click in your mind on Sound Opinions. Greg, you got a buried treasure for us? I do. My first uh, pick is Soft Science, a band that I've been talking about on the show in the past. I have um, heard you talk about it. The Big Takeover. I, I blame them. I credit them wholeheartedly. Uh, the Big Takeover, the uh, bi-yearly fanzine put out by Jack Rabbit out of New York City. Uh, he was the one that put them on the map for me uh, by extolling their second record. It's a band out of Sacramento, California, Soft Science. Uh, they don't tour a lot. Uh, they, they put out their albums every few years, and I think they're wonderful. Every, every person that I've played this band for is raved about, like, wow, this is really cool. Why haven't I heard about this? Exactly. Why haven't we heard more about this band? I think they write really good songs uh, within that sort of My Bloody Valentine slash Dream Pop slash shoegaze mold of late 80s, early 90s that we love so much. Uh, Katie Haley, the vocalist, has that serene touch on the vocals, keeping that melody in focus. What I like about the band is they are so song-oriented. These are very concise, well-written songs within that chaos, that tension between the fragility in the vocals and the chaos in the guitars. Matt Levine is the guitarist in this band. His brother, uh, uh, Ross, his twin brother, Ross Levine, adds a lot of textures on keyboards uh, that add just an added element of, of chaos and intrigue to the mix. I mean, there, there's... Uh, uh, what you think you're hearing, horn parts, string parts in some of these songs are actually uh, Ross's keyboards. Uh, Soft Science is the band. Undone is the song from the new album Maps on Sound Opinions.
That is Undone from Soft Science, their third album, Maps, one of my buried treasures on Sound Opinions. Jim, what do you got next? I'm going to Mexico, Greg. Um, you know, our producers were making fun of me using the term the net, right? Like <laughs> kids today, why don't you don't call it the net? Online, whatever. Um, you know, one of the things that astounded me about Cannibales was I could find out almost no information. Hmm. This is a quartet that formed in Guadalajara, Mexico in 2005. They have a great EP out called Rock and Roll. Uh, and uh, the only things I found on the net were in Spanish. And there were only like two or three. And I fell in love with this band instantly. They're singing in Spanish. I have no idea what they're singing, but it is the universal language mm. of Motorhead and the helicopters. Somewhere between ferocious uh, thrash metal, speed metal, and that super garagey Detroit uh, sound. Uh, you know, you and I, well, we're suckers for that, right? <laughs> but, but coming at us with this aggression from south of the border, they actually went to the other side of the United States to record and uh, master in Canada, in Vancouver. So uh, they're skipping over the U.S. of A. I hope they don't stay there. I want them to come. <laughs> I want them to get across that wall, and I want to hear this live now. Cannibales, the song is Electridad on Sound Opinions. I needed that this morning. <laughs> Cannibales, Electridad. Got another buried treasure, Greg? Yes, Jim. I'm going to South Korea for my next band. Uh, it's called Say Sumi. Uh, one of my friends is a, a huge indie pop fan, and uh, she turned me on to this band. Uh, they apparently played South by Southwest, or at least they were scheduled to. I'm not sure if they actually made that gig. Uh, but they have been putting out some fine records since 2012. They got signed to a British label. 
uh, damnably that uh, has put out records by Shonen Knife and Wussy in the past get a little higher profile on their second record. They endured some tragedy. Their drummer was in a coma uh, about a year and a half ago and is still recovering from that. Um, and as a result, people who are uh, listening to their uh, first proper record uh, are saying, well, they're hearing a little bit of melancholy in the mm. vocals. And I think that just adds uh, everything to the band because they they do have that aggressive uh, guitar bass sound. There's a little bit of surf in there. Uh, there's a little bit of, uh, they're students of British and, and, and uh, American indie rock, obviously, and you can hear that in the music. Uh, but the, the vocals, uh, again, really make it. The, uh, the female vocalist in the band is, is terrific in the way she was able to sort of give this sort of deadpan melancholy uh, to these very aggressive guitar-based songs. This is Say Sumi with a song called Old Town from their new album, Where We Were Together on Sound Opinions. Old Town from Say Sumi, one of my buried treasures. The album is called Where We Were Together on Sound Opinions. When we come back, we're going to share more of our buried treasures that you need to hear. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Codd, and I'm here with my partner, Jim Dirigatis. We're sharing some of our latest buried treasures, records recently released. Going underneath the mainstream radar, we think you need to hear them. Hope you'll like them. Jim, you're up next. Greg, you know, a buried treasure isn't necessarily a brand new discovery. Sometimes there are artists who have gotten forgotten by the passage of time. Julian mm -hmm. Cope is one of them. Saint Julian. I would do a six-part series <laughs> on Julian Cope. Um, you know, who is Julian Cope? Surfaces in uh, that scene in the UK, post-punk, fellow traveler with Echo and the Bunny Men. His first band was The Teardrop Explodes. Bubblegum Psychedelia. So in the 80s, he has that career. Then goes solo. Doesn't take off for a while. But I will say that in the 90s, he made, uh, you know, no fewer than half a dozen brilliant 
I mean masterpiece. I mean as good as Brian Eno albums. Peggy Suicide, Jehovah Kill, Otto Geddon, right? Mm-hmm. Where has he been since? <laughs> 1996, Interpreter is the last sort of major Julian Cope record. Um, you know, he has made 17 albums, though, since 1996. And a lot of what Julian does now is uh, basement recordings that he sells on his website, Head Heritage. He has done three installments of a series called Skellington. Skellington is described as acid campfire songs. I think that's a pretty good... So picture the, the the Stonehenge and the middle of the night and Julian has a campfire set up in front of it and a four-track recorder, maybe some friends, maybe not. That's the music he's trying to make. It's weird. It's wonderful. It's always very melodic, despite the strangeness. So Skellington 3 is his most recent collection of these songs. This is a tune called That Don't Make a Revolution. These days, I think at 60 or so, Julian is looking back a lot at the ferocity of the rock and roll he has always loved, a big devotee of Iggy Pop, uh, but also getting older. Uh, The politics of this weird moment and still finding uh, energy in this music to propel him. Uh, That's what I think this song is about, but with Julian, you never know. That Don't Make a Revolution, Julian Cope on Sound Opinions. Well, I can cut my hair and shave my thighs. HD brows, no compromise. But that don't make a revolution. Well, I can start a commune built on fright. Roasted vegans every night. But that don't make a revolution. But that don't make a revolution. Revolution arises on the bus to devise. He's got a million disguises. Come on. Revolution erupts in the Cope, Skellington 3. Dig around on the interwebs, kids. It is an amazing record. What do you got, Greg? Jim, uh, the next is a uh, underground band out of Chicago, the Oh Mys. Uh, they have been around Chicago for a number of years. Uh, I've always been intrigued by them, and I think one of the reasons I like them so much, and at the same time I'm puzzled by them, is it's really difficult to slot them in any particular genre. They sort of fall between the cracks, which I think is a real strength of their songwriting and their approach. It's basically a a two-man group uh, with uh, a a rotating cast of collaborative players. Uh, Nick Hennessy on keyboards and Maceo Vidal-Hames is the lead vocalist and guitarist in the band and the main songwriter. Um, They've got a new album coming out. Actually, what they're calling their first proper album is going to be out uh, next month, and they've got a single preceding it uh, that uh, sort of speaks to some of the diversity in the band. I mean, there's elements of, of neo-soul, 
indie pop. There's these atmospheric, uh, moody ballad ballads that they write. Uh, a lot of those elements are in this song, and it's just beautiful. When I heard it, I was stunned how good it was. The Oh Mys with a song called Starship on Sound Opinions from the forthcoming album Tomorrow. Lessons will we both need. We just want to be free. Let it be emotion. Second that emotion. Humming like a tall breeze. We never seem to speak. We just taking time to be yes. Open up and let's be oh you bring me something I can't know. Get my hands up in my soul. Something sweet and natural. Starship from the Oh Mys on Sound Opinions. Jim, what's your final buried treasure? Greg, my last buried treasure this time around is a duo called Ginkoa uh, that formed uh, from two people on opposite sides of the ocean. Uh, Nicole Rochelle is a singer, vocalist from New York. Antoine Chatenay is a multi-instrumentalist from Paris. They met, and this is too precious to be believed, at a French-Parisian jazz club, okay? And they set out to try to answer the question, what would it sound like if Nina Simone suddenly went electronic doing club music, trap, future bass? I think they actually pull that off. That's a recipe for shtick if you've ever heard one. But I think uh, they dig deep and it's seductive, it's entrancing, it's wonderfully, uh, it's just wonderful music. And Rochelle has an incredible voice. She also has an earlier life. She was a child actress, Shining Time Station, and four episodes as one of Rudy's friends on The Cosby Show. She attended Bill Cosby's trial and made worldwide headlines for a very vocal protest about that great comedian allegedly preying on women for decades. So there's an element of politics in this music, but subtly there's an element of the 
never-ending challenges of gender relations. That's what I hear this song being about, Boy Bounce. They have a new EP out called One Time, and it's just beginning to end great. Jinkoa, Boy Bounce on Sound Opinions. Boy Bounce by Jinkoa. The EP is called One Time on Sound Opinions. Greg, you got one more buried treasure. Jim, I want to uh, talk about a band out of England called Idols, I-D-L-E-S, not I-D-O-L-S. It's a punk band formed in Bristol in 2012. Uh, their first album came out in 2017. They're well-known in England, but uh, don't have nearly a big enough following in the United States. Um, I think that's going to change when their second record, uh, Joy as an Act of Resistance, comes out in August. Uh, they've released a couple of singles off of it already, and the one I'm going to play, I think, is the song of the summer in many ways. It talks about uh, the uh, immigration issue as a contentious point for, for many countries around the world. It's particularly true in England, the England of Brexit and anti-immigrant fervor. This is a song speaking out about, you know, we're all uh, brothers and sisters here in this world. We need to welcome uh, immigrants. We, we're, we're a land of immigrants. Why are we shutting them out? Uh, the opening lines of Danny Nadelko are, my blood brother is an immigrant, a beautiful immigrant. You know, these guys in Idols, they look like a bunch of guys who are going to beat you up in an alley. But there's a lot of <laughs> tenderness in their songs and a lot of political edge as well. I, I think they're one of the, the, the great forthcoming bands in the world because of what they're saying in their songs and how they're saying it. Idols with a song called Danny Nadelko on Sound Opinions.
one of Greg Cott's buried treasures, Idols, Danny Nadelko. That wraps up our latest batch of buried treasures, and now we want to hear from you. Leave a message on our hotline with your name, your buried treasure pick, and why at 888-859-1800. We'll be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Ari Melvin, rap genius. I don't know how much hip-hop you listen to. There's a famous song, It's Going Down in the DM. That refers to what happens with direct messaging. You know, we're talking about Rick Gates. I don't know if you ever listened to the rapper Kevin Gates, who says, all my diamonds shining because they're really diamonds. Call it the Dr. Dre rule of politics. When you diss Trump, you diss yourself. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. He is Greg Cott. And that is a little bit of audio from a segment on John Oliver's show last week tonight about our guest this week, MSNBC's Ari Melber. Even before Oliver got to it, Greg, I have been struck for a long time watching The Beat, the show that Melbourne hosts on MSNBC, digging deep into political and legal stories by the way that he will suddenly pull out uh, <laughs> fluently and often very melodically a rap lyric that enlightens the point he's trying to make. He's a busy man. He not only hosts his own show, he's on like every other show on MSNBC. But we want to welcome Ari Melbourne to Sound Opinions. Hi, Ari. This is one of the shows I'm appearing on, apparently. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, now we want to talk to you not about being a news anchor, bringing that legal perspective as a lawyer to your interviews to the 47 stories that tend to break in every hour these days. I wanted to talk to you about hip hop. You know, Greg and I are rock critics. We are obsessed with viewing the world through the prism of popular music, right? Mm -hmm, Old, mm -hmm. new hip-hop, rock and roll, everything. I love the way that in this moment of incredible legal ramifications and possible criminal behavior, you have a hip-hop quote for everything. As Jay-Z said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. A wise man told me don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who. Plead the fifth when it comes to the fam. I'm like a dog. I never speak, but I understand. Talk about a becoming a hip-hop fan. I got caught up with hip-hop when I started Garfield High School in Seattle. Uh, so I was about 14 years old. And Garfield's a school with a rich musical tradition. It's where Jimi Hendrix went, Quincy Jones. Yeah. Uh, the auditorium's still named after him. In later years, we've we've shifted it a little bit. Macklemore went there. Um, <laughs> shout out to Macklemore. That was what was going on, and it wasn't a big thing. The music was all around. That's what everyone was listening to. First album I got was Fuji's because I had a bit of a, a reggae background before mm -hmm. that. Why am I trapped in a cage? Why can't I get a flame? Teach you, teach you, check my page. I got the mic in a rage. And then it just built from there. And we were that's all we did. Everyone was into music and, and rap and talking about it. Not exclusively that. I also saw, I mean, I saw the Grateful Dead play two Memorial Stadium shows in Seattle in 94. Mm. We had, of course, Soundgarden going on. We had... Uh, Kurt Cobain, we had all, all Mud Honey. I mean, it's just a rich musical tradition. So the rap thing has definitely gotten some traction, and I love rap, but I would describe myself as a huge music fan across the board. In particular, with your coverage, so much of it on MSNBC, consumed with the Trump Russia probe, it seems to me that we are at a singular gangster rap 
moment in the White House. And so you have a tendency to drop Jay-Z quotes, hip-hop quotes from across the board. Your knowledge is deep. Uh, you always have, uh, and not gratuitously, I think once per per show, you may drop in a rap-related, in particular, lyric to the shenanigans that allegedly are going on in Washington. Can Bob Mueller make Donald Trump testify? The answer to that question could impact the entire Russia probe, even the rest of the Trump presidency. So tonight, I bring you this special report on the actual facts and legal foundation here. And you can actually understand this showdown between Mueller and Trump as a fight over a few classic rules or commandments, if you will. And the first is never let them know your next move. Number two. Never let them know your next move. Don't you know bad boys move in silence and violence? Take it from your honest. Uh-huh. I done squeeze mad clips at these cats for they bricks and chips. Well, the reason that it works more in that genre than others right now, I would call it, you know, rap, hip-hop, trap music, gangster rap, I think of as more 90s West Coast. But all of it is more relevant because crime is a big part of covering the Trump White House. Yeah. Now, that was not the case in the last administration. These are facts. Um, there was not an open criminal probe in the White House. There were not guilty pleas by top uh, aides, and that was over eight years. So when you say, how do you reach for it, people also are reaching for more Godfather and mafia film references, not only because there's a kind of a general collective criminal enterprise mood, but because there are literally situations reminiscent of the Godfather, a lawyer who's not really a lawyer, but more yeah. of a fixer or consigliere. Yeah. So likewise, you know, some of the things that I've quoted and, and what's also been interesting if, if some of your listeners are, are just learning about this now is we've had a back and forth with the musicians, which doesn't always happen and certainly can't happen if, I mean, someone was saying Manafort cannot run away from who he really is, which is why he's being busted for witness tampering because he doesn't know any other way than to act this way. And mm -hmm. I said it's reminiscent of Bob Marley saying, you're running and you're running and you're running away, but you can't run away from yourself. Well, Bob Marley, rest in peace, obviously, is not going to be involved in this conversation. Right. When I yeah. quoted 50 Cent on Morning Joe to, to explain why people think Michael Cohen might flip uh, when the feds come in the game, loyalty is limited. And no greater legal authority than Curtis Jackson has said, when the feds come in the game, loyalty is limited. 50 Cent the same day posted a response video back and gave more analysis on uh, Michael Cohen and said, look, he's not he's not from around here. He's not going to be able to handle this. Arby, he liked Trump. Michael liked Trump, but he don't like him enough to go through that time for him. He ain't from the neighborhood. And so now we're in the thing that I think is important in news and culture, which is news is not something that should be up in some little corner of society for certain types of people who consider themselves informed. In a healthy democratic society, news and journalism should infuse the, the common facts and analysis that we all work with, even if we come out to different positions. That's what's beautiful about, about democracy. But the idea that the musicians are in this dialogue with us because we're engaging some of their wisdom, I think is exciting. Yeah. yeah. Hip-hop's uh, hip had this uh, reputation, though, as, a, uh, as an inherently political art form, which I think is justified. I mean, you go back to the message in 82, 83... 
Broken glass everywhere. People they're sitting on the stage, you know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise. Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back. Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I try to get away. To the current day, where they're basically addressing issues of the street, which in fact are political. Is it because of that richness uh, in terms of the content that it enables you to sort of weave those into these stories? Because I think, uh, you know, as Chuck D was talking about back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, this is a political art form that isn't being broadcast on TV. You're not seeing these stories being told on the newscast. Is this your effort to try to, try to bring some of that into, into how you're covering these stories? Well, it's a great point in the same way that if you live in Syria, it's not a question of whether you're interested in foreign policy and refugee issues, right? There's an almost a privilege that comes with deciding to be interested in something as a topic. If it's your life, it's your life. And so there's a lot of parts of America, I think, as you're alluding to, where if you're growing up in a dispossessed community or a place where government decisions, market, financial, Wall Street decisions uh, determine the options or oppressions of your life, then you're going to come up in that in that conversation. It's automatic. It's not even a choice. And that's certainly a big part of a lot of hip-hop. Not all hip-hop, by the way, because there is hip-hop that, that it comes from a much uh, more stylistic or goofy place or that's not only rooted in, in those stories in those neighborhoods. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that backing Trump in 2018 has the moral, political, or lyrical equivalence of shouting out Trump in 2010. And I am not saying Kanye West is right. For all we know, he's just tripping off the power. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. You know, when you drop some of these quotes on your guests, the, the look on their face is absolutely priceless because they it have can be, no yeah. idea what you're talking about sometimes. And there's still this disconnect there. You've got this music that is influencing almost everything around it and is speaking to it in a very direct way. And yet there's still a large segment of America that doesn't listen to it or doesn't get it. You're out there kind of, you know, fighting this uh, subversive battle to, to, to bring it a little bit more into the mainstream. No, I, mean, I don't really look at it like that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm moving, you know, trying to move that conversation in any explicit way. Um, and I think that what I what I'm doing is of a piece with really the larger point of my journalism, which is to be clear and to bring people the evidence and they can figure it out for themselves. And being clear uh, means speaking directly about what the story is, why it matters and what it what it means. Uh, so I, I really view it in that larger context. And this is one piece of it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know that I'm not saying I don't know that I get when I throw a lyric at certain guests, they may or may not get it. But it's really a, a relatively small part of the larger arc, and it fits into that of being clear and plain. All right, so you're, you're dropping these these quotes, uh, which is impressive in the middle of these interviews. Uh, are, do, are, do you have a sneaking inkling, something may come up, that you may be able to use that Jay-Z quote or that Kanye quote and do a little prep work beforehand? Or is this all sort of just all there in the subconscious and you can call it up? If you look at the examples, a lot of times it's what comes up based on the conversation. So you mm -hmm. can't predict that. So it's it's very much coming out. There are times where we're working on a script and I'll pull something in. So, for example, uh, when Donald Trump got busted for basically not securing 
his phones as president to the degree that he should, they noted in the reporting that he has two phones, one for his tweeting and another for phone calls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is just too perfect because there's a very famous song by Kevin Gates. I got two phones, one for the plug and one for the load, and it's about having a phone <laughs> for transacting his drug deals and another phone yeah. for picking up yeah. the supply. I got two phones, one for the plug and one for the load. I got two phones, one for the and one for the dough. Think I need two more. Lamp up and I'm ring, ring, ring. Got money while it ring, ring, ring. Trap jumping on ring, ring, ring. You'll see if you look at the, at the piece, Obviously, we prepared it because we went and pulled video from uh, from the the actual rap video mm-hmm. where Kevin Gates is seen holding his two phones, and I I explained that Donald Trump basically has a two phones problem here and went through that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so it's relevant. But like, I wouldn't call that like a reach. We literally are just being told that he's got phones for different stuff. Yeah, yeah and right. he's and, and they're unsecured, which is what made it a story that night. And then on top of that, he is dealing with with the potential of phone surveillance and other issues. With when you look at Michael Cohen and all these other issues, so it was yeah. all very on point. So yeah, that one was prepared. We put the video up. I will mention that was one that Kevin Gates then posted, and I, I it has over two million <laughs> views. <laughs> so that's reaching a whole different. I would I would bet a whole different part of of the the. The conversation than people who happen to be watching the news live that moment. I mean, just the fact yeah. that it's online means it, it spreads differently. So that was one that was prepared. We have been talking to Ari Melber, the host of The Beat on MSNBC. Thanks for being our guest, Ari. Thanks. Cheers. So what do you think about Ari Melber using rap lyrics and metaphors in his news coverage? Give us a call at 888-859-1800 and leave a message with your opinion and why. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Remember, we were shipwrecked together. Greg, it's been too long since we got that intro music, which is for the Desert Island Jukebox. You are going to take a trip there this week, pop a quarter in, and give us a song you can't live without. What do you got? Jim, I'm going to play a song that was inspired by my first buried treasure of the show, uh, Soft Science, the band out of Sacramento, California, that has a sound inspired by the band I'm going to play. In fact, Soft Science did a B-side uh, of a cover of the song I'm going to play by this band. The band is the House of Love. It's a, a British band. Uh, connoisseurs of British rock music will probably know these guys, and not many other people will, because I think they sort of got caught between eras. You know, the Smith's demise and then yeah. the rise of the Manchester, uh shoegaze, all those scenes that came up, Britpop in the 90s. Yeah. There was a a window there of about five years where there was a lot of really good British rock bands that just weren't getting any recognition at all in the U.S., uh, mainly because it just nobody seemed to care. Well, we also had the grunge. Yeah, that we had that as well. And none of these bands 
uh, fit into any of those categories very neatly. Uh, but the House of Love uh, was one of those bands that I think their music really holds up. And if you listen to bands like the Stone Roses or Ride, you can see them lifting things and parts of the House of Love's music that really inspired what they went on to do to much more recognition a few years later. The second House of Love record, which is confusingly self-titled, just like their first record, was their best album. It's the one with the butterfly on the cover. That's how the fans (laughs) recognize it. Um, It's amazing that it came out at all. It was a fraught recording process couple of years to record, four producers, the band was fighting, the rhythm section went off and formed their side project. Guy Chadwick and Terry Bickers, the vocalist and songwriter and the the lead guitarist, were fighting, and Bickers eventually left the band uh, right after this album was recorded. And yet, single after single on this record, amazing songs, uh, songs that really hold up, songs that didn't go anywhere in the U.S. charts, but uh, deserve your attention now if you haven't caught up with them yet. I'm going to play what I consider an absolute classic from that House of Love second self-titled album. I Don't Know Why I Love You on Sound Opinions. Yeah. 
Greg Cott's Desert Island Jukebox pick, House of Love. I don't know why I love you. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we have indie soul artist PJ Morton in for a live performance and interview. That was the moment where I was like, okay, they just want to hit. They don't care if it's at the cost of me not being who I am, you know, as an artist. Even friends of mine like PJ, just let me give you this hit sounding song, you know, that can go next to this other urban record. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care to, I don't care to do that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and if I do one day, then cool, you know. But I, I got to be able to sleep at night and know that that's <laughs> authentically me. You can find all of our episodes of Sound Opinions at soundopinions.org and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Sound Opinions was produced by Brendan Banizak, Alex Claiborne, Iona Contreras, Andrew Gill, and we have a new intern, Hannah Edgar. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. It's strange the way you make me feel. With just a word or two, I'd like to do the same for you. New messages. This is Seth Riddle calling from Nashville, Tennessee. And I was really excited to hear Sarah Shook and the Farmers on to night's episode as one of the top t- albums to listen to in 2018. But I was really disappointed that you didn't mention Aaron Oliver or the seminal hippie jam band Fine Mice. I believe, I believe in a brighter day I believe that I'll see the sun someday and also a third member of the Flat Duo Jet. Love can't be right, living this way. Walk through the city, it's late in the day. Next door neighbor of Dex Ron Weber for some years. All right, thanks. Hi, um, my name is Suzanne Polk. I'm calling from Austin, Texas, and I just wanted to thank you for your Mid-year list, Janelle Monet rules. Dirty computer, down, my face up I got to see her in a little outdoor stage one year, and I'm just so pleased that she was influenced by Prince so that that legacy can continue and that is all I'm calling about. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Patrick from Louisville. 
I'm a new listener. I just started a couple episodes ago because you featured the Hines. Uh, their album, I Don't Run, I really love. It's my second favorite album of the year. But for number one, top to bottom, the best album so far to me is Callie Ukas, her album Isolation. Colombian uh, singer, just a beautiful voice, has uh, so many different stylings, and a lot of collaborators, including Bootsy Collins and Tower of the Creator. Uh, my favorite song is called Flight 22. She's just a promising young artist and you know, it has a lot to give us in the future, I hope. Kaliukas, isolation. Thank you. Hey, Jim and Greg. It's Greg from Toronto, just calling with a suggestion for one of the best albums of 2018 so far. I'd like to nominate uh, Gene Gray and Kel Chris's Everything's Fine. It's an amazing snapshot of 2018 through an emotional filter of humor, rage, and absolute numbness. Love the show. Thanks a lot. Hi, this is Marilyn from Death Plane. I just heard your show about the outtakes, and I just absolutely love the Alan Toussaint piano of Southern Nights. Southern skies, have you ever noticed Southern skies? It's precious beauty to lie deep beyond the eye, and it goes rushing through your soul like I just couldn't believe how beautiful that was. Thank you for sharing. No more messages. Oh, man. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX. The weeping willow.